This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Hi. Hi, how's it going? Happy day after Thanksgiving to you. Happy day after Thanksgiving. That was a good Florida today. It was a good Florida today. Albert outdid himself. Yes, it was. So if you watched Florida and you came over here, thank you very much. So thank you so much. Welcome aboard. So how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, went up to Petaluma, and okay. Mom uh, outdid herself as she always does. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, she hasn't cooked for like the extended family for maybe over a decade now, but she still cooks for like that that number of people, right? So even though there's only three of us there, <laughs> it's like the full dining room table experience, right? Like the yeah. dining room is uh, reserved for the holidays. And uh, she she goes all out. There, she makes so many sides that there's not enough room on the plate. You know what that's like? Yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't even get to the green beans. And I'm like, sorry, green beans. You didn't make it this year. So does that mean that you got like a giant Tupperware full of leftovers to take well, home? Here was the controversy. Uh-oh. Apparently, my mom's been giving away a lot of food to friends who are not returning her Tupperware. Uh-oh. So we had, there were two issues that my, my sister and my mom had to deal with after after dinner. And one was there was no room in the fridge. My right. mom accidentally went... Uh, shopping for food right before Thanksgiving, like regular shopping. So there was no food or no room for food. And then number two, there was no Tupperware left. So the only Tupperware we had were like those like flat, like plate size, like, you know, like if you're at a a barbecue and you have like a paper plate with the dividers, it's like the plastic version of that with the lid. So you could try to smash things. And then I was putting whipped cream into like these little tiny Tupperware cubes. It was, it was a mess. How was yours? Uh, well, Julia tested positive for COVID on Thanksgiving oh, right. morning. She tested negative the day before and positive the day of. So her oh. body's clearly still fighting something. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. had her her FaceTime us. It was just the four of us because yeah. we didn't want to expose anyone else. But um, so she we FaceTimed her at Thanksgiving. Sorry, Julia, you're uninvited. Dinner was great. But yeah, so it was good. I was reading a story this morning that says you're not supposed to keep leftovers more than four days yeah, this is That's... a story I should print out for my mom. Mm, why does she um, try to keep them longer than that? Oh, just in general, my mom mm-hmm. will cook things and then keep them way too long. And oh. then she'll try to like pawn off the food the next time like a child is visiting. So my sister has been like onto her for a while and she'll just refuse the food. And usually I'll like on a case by case basis, I'll take it like if it's just, like pie. How long is pie allowed to be out, not refrigerated? Like say an apple pie. I think you're supposed to refrigerate it, aren't you? See, my mom doesn't do that. And there are certain illnesses from my childhood where I'm like, I look back and I think, you know what? I think it's because mom didn't pass. Like, what do they call that? Like the the safety test you have to take if you open a restaurant? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the food inspection. <laughs> food inspectors would not have been okay. The food's great, but it's like, you know, the food handling, right? Food handling. I think uh, people have a hard time throwing stuff out. You know, you spend yeah. a lot of money on it. And time and, if you're cooking it from scratch. And time cooking it and preparing it. Yeah. It's hard to let it go, you know? Yeah. My, my mom made a new pie this year, like a pre-Thanksgiving pie, because she had to. And it was pear. It was like a pear pie. Oh, was it good? But the crust. Yeah. But the thing is, um, when she served it, it was still warm. And pears have a lot of liquid. So even though they weren't super, she didn't add any liquid. It was just, you know, it comes out of the fruit. Um, juicy? Yeah, it's one of those things where you have to let it sit for a while. and kind of juicy you know, pie? It was juicy. Geo. You know, when yeah. it breaks apart and you throw in some ice cream, it's perfect. But um, yeah, yeah. so they're saying the, the U.S. Uh, Department of Health and Human Services recommends eating or freezing turkey or other leftovers within three to four days. Yeah. I don't think that's really an issue for most people because turkey doesn't last that long, right? Uh, don't you have a tradition in your family to get rid of it? So today for lunch, my husband bakes bread ever since the pandemic, he bakes bread and he baked um, dinner rolls last night. Mm. And so today he's going to make what he calls gobblers, which is turkey sandwiches, but on the dinner rolls. So they're like little mini sandwiches. So there'll be like cranberry sauce on it and turkey and the kids are really excited for gobblers. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's effective marketing. You have to tell them that. Like, <laughs> that's that's right. a good. That's the good effect of marketing. Um, yeah, the, uh, the food doesn't last long. Like now, we don't live with our parents, my mom anymore. But um, yeah, everything went out the door because she's like, "I'm not going to eat this huge Costco, you know, uh, pie." Right. Right. This, uh, let know, me tell you about that. Go. We managed to get a pumpkin pie from Costco. Mm-hmm. It was seven ninety nine. 
and massive. Like, yeah, still a deal. Yeah, huge. Although on ours, the crust fell off of like three quarters of the pie. Oh. And I'm all about the crust. Although their they're, they're, they're crust isn't that great. Yeah. I mean, when you're comparing it to like mom's like heavy I mean, buttered eight, laden, crispy brown. For eight bucks? Yeah. Not Come bad. On. Yeah. And my sister brought the, um, what's the, the pecan pie? Which is yeah. basically like, and it, she warmed it up. So it was like, like magma diabetes. It was just oh. like this lava flow. <laughs> and once you put the, you put that right next to the pumpkin pie, then the pumpkin mm-hmm. pie tastes like it doesn't have any sugar in it at all. Right. 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 Um, and I, I was doing everybody a favor this year, but I, I, I specialize in the whip, the whipped cream and I didn't put a lot of sugar in it. Um, but it's it's actually really nice if you have whipped cream that doesn't have too much sugar, right? Like right on the edge, right on the cusp. My husband was at Petaluma Market on uh, the Thanksgiving morning picking up the turkey and other things. And yeah. uh, apparently they ran out of the ready whip or the, the whipped cream in the can, uh-huh. the aerosolized can. You can do better than that. People didn't know what to do. They were upset. They were saying, well, what are we supposed to do? Little cartons of whipped cream. They didn't. Most people, I guess, don't make See, their own whipped cream. I've been cream. specializing in that my whole life. Yeah. I was always, I always had whipped cream duty. It's actually better anyway, right? The homemade yeah. whipped cream with the yeah. Yeah, and we got the um, organic um, Trader Joe's, uh, not Whole Foods, and um, and it was actually like you could see it like kind of separating, like it was like the the butter fat or the the cream oh. was like at the top and it was kind of hardened. And we're trying to decide if it was okay or not. But like when you tasted it, it was fine. It was just it separated. But it's organic right. and it's fresh and the date is like recent. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes it's It all it's works okay. out. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. So success. Success. Thanksgiving uh, 2023. Well, speaking of happy, it, happy day after Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, yeah. Along for the ride. If you could click the like button, we would really appreciate it. And if you're here and you haven't subscribed, please click that subscribe button as well. And That's our Black Friday sale. It's That's free. That's right. It's, it's free. free. Speaking of too sweet, bears apparently like sweet stuff. Yeah, we like our bear stories, right? Yeah, um, we do. Yeah, except when they do mm. this. Check this out. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wildlife officials in Colorado said a bear went into a parked car to steal a bag of peanut M&Ms and left a smelly payment in the back seat. Oh. Colorado Parks and Wildlife posted a video to social media showing an officer opening uh, the car door to release the bear from inside the vehicle in Littleton, Colorado. Get out of here, Look bear. at that. I mean, the car is just trashed. Yeah, because it, it, it somehow got inside and the door was closed, so it was probably trying to get out, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it ripped the door apart to get in. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the officer then filmed the inside of the vehicle, which had been ransacked by the bear. The seat parts were torn apart. Trash was spread everywhere, and the animal left a pile of poop in the back seat. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Did we have to see it? Yeah, because, I, I you know, when you. I saw that at I first, I thought you. it was like, it looked more like seaweed. Like, it didn't really mm-hmm. look like, I'm like, oh, I, I was expecting, like, uh, more formed bear poop. But um, apparently that's oh, what happens when you God. eat a bag of uh, M&Ms. <sighs> Don't leave food in your in your car when you're in, you know, in a wildlife area. It's just Listen, it doesn't matter if the door's locked. If they want it, they're coming yeah. in to get it. You know what? That bear must have been watching the After Party Live when we talked about peanut M&Ms being the healthiest option right? <laughs> for your uh, Halloween candy. So that's obviously what happened. This next animal story is one of romance, fidelity, and then being kept apart. Yes. Oh, no. It's, a, it's a from Rio de Janeiro, a blue and yellow macaw, apparently. Macaw. There he is. See that the netting is just keeping them apart. He flapped to the top of the aviary, this macaw, at the Rio de Janeiro Zoo and latched onto the netting just on the other side. His love, the only wild macaw in a city that hasn't seen a free one of their kind in two centuries. So there is the one that's in in the zoo and the free one. And there they are looking at each other through the the wild one is the uh, the woman. It's a wild woman. So sad. Mm. Uh, For more than two decades, every single day, zookeepers there say this wild macaw has flown to the Rio de Janeiro Zoo, where dozens of her species are kept captive, including her partner. These birds are among the most faithful. They live into their 50s, but when one, I thought they lived longer than that, but when one finds a partner for life, the pair typically spend their days and nights together. They nibble, they cuddle, they even How long kiss. do they, you say they live? 
fifth in their into their fifties. I thought they lived to be a hundred, but they say into their fifties. Whatever food they have, they totally share it. If one dies, the surviving four days of cooking it, of course. That's right. If one dies, the surviving partner's anguish is profound, and few ever couple again. This is mean. Yeah, and they don't don't get social security if their partner passes. I think they should let him out, or yeah, let him out. yeah, she knows think, how to forage. She'll feed him. She'll take care of him. It'll be fine. She'll do all the cooking. Um, yeah. Apparently, they they're stuck, right? Because they can't they can't um imprison the wild one, and they can't let the uh, captured one out. Why can't they let the captured one out? Because of the laws, their their animal animal laws. <sighs> well, they've named them. They process the protocols and standards. Romeo and Julieta is what Aww, they call them. An impossible sweet. love, and. I guess everyone knows about this that goes, people go to the zoo just to see this happen, to see her on the other side of the fence every single day. How sad that they can't snuggle and cuddle. Well, it's crazy. There's one part of the story where they say they, um, the, the people who take care of the, the male bird were worried because they had to relocate them to a different part of the, uh, the open air zoo. But that she wouldn't be able to find that him. That she wouldn't be able to find him, but mm-hmm. there she was, immediately yeah. showed up. No one knows where she came from. They don't know where she goes at night. Uh, they don't know her age or anything about her. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of a sad situation. They they don't they don't know where she goes when she's not with him. Yeah, they've made like TV st- uh, TV shows about it. There's uh, there's been like poetry written about it. Um, that's that's pretty cute. Um, and yeah. a reason and reason to go. So, this say, this one if you're down there. Check it out. This uh, this story breaks my heart. Yeah, but you know what? They love each other and they show up for each other. So that's heartening. It's sweet, but also I want them to be together. Like I want them to be able to have the love. You well, know? better than uh, than a Flacco in New York. Oh, Remember Flacco, Flacco, the owl. He can't. You know, there's no hope. Flacco for him. has no love. He has no chance at all. But you yeah. know who we do get love from. Cindy, Cindy's giving us love, a $10 super sticker. Thank you for a great fun holiday show. Way better than Black Friday shopping. I hope so. Do you do the Black Friday shopping? My mom and my sister, (sighs) like my sister will spend the night and then they'll go out shopping together. And uh, when I was a kid, I would just like sleep in. There was a time, and Doug with a $10 super sticker. Thank you, Doug. Doug. There was a time when I would go with my mom and sister and we would do that whole you know yeah. brave the crowds thing and then line up at mervin's open started open, open, open really open. talking about people having to work on thanksgiving mm. and the day after and so and then people were given the day off and then i started well, a lot of realizing people want to work the day after because yeah. they need the money I, I don't know. I just don't want to put myself out there like that. So I think it's good that the companies the mainstream yeah. companies stopped um staying yeah. open on thanksgiving yeah, it's true. I um, but we used to go like the night of Thanksgiving. You know, they all the yeah, stores they would still, open they at still night. Do that, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's I feel like no. that's okay if you if I I would feel like if I ran a business, it would be optional. Like mm-hmm. you work it if you wanted to, but you wouldn't be mandated to work it, right? Yeah. And I give all my employees n- bonuses. No Black Friday st- shopping. Mm-mm. Yeah, I um, you can do online shopping too. It's like, yeah. It's true. So, Although I'm more, I'm more partial to the support your local business day. You know what yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. Is it Saturday where right. it's like support your local small business? And then Cyber Monday is kind of one of my. I can see Archie behind you. That's oh. funny. Hi, Arch. Yeah. What's he going was, on? Uh, yeah, he was uh, causing trouble during the uh, Florida segment as well, but it's okay. He's been fed. He's been fed, Aww. so I don't know what he wants now. He wants to speak with a manager. That's he cute. Wants more food and more treats on a regular basis. It's let me tell you, John Daly, it's a good thing you're good looking. I'll just say that. Why is that? You're gonna do very well here oh, thank you. at the after party live because you are one hot fella. Uh and no, I think we're okay <laughs> because we own our content. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> we're all right. Okay. Yeah, I think we're okay because we own our own content. Um, but this is the story. Uh this gentleman, uh he, we had that other story about the couch potato and we had like the stock photo, right? So that model was mm-hmm. like, Oh man, I'm on every the face of i'm on the front of every newspaper right as the as the couch potato but this guy is like oh yeah i'm in the story about attractive men at work that's right it's men who benefit most from their looks in the workplace and socially not women according to trope busting study Uh, wow they're studying everything 
People seen as more attractive uh, as teenagers grew up to be more successful. Physical attractiveness benefited men and women, but men reaped more benefit. Um, it's an outdated trope that women only rise in the workplace because of their looks. And uh, perhaps a new study will put this attitude to bed. The study found that men benefit more from physical attractiveness in school and the workplace. Researchers really? from the Polish Academy of Sciences, and they're mm. pretty hot over there in Poland too, examined data on the <laughs> over 11,000 Americans over 20,000, uh, sorry, over 20 years from adolescence to uh, adulthood, including ratings of their looks, information on their educational and career achievement, and their earnings. Um, they found that people who were rated as more attractive at age 15 were more likely to surpass their parents in earnings and achievements once they reached their 30s. This effect was much stronger for men than it was for women, especially in the area of education. Experts have argued that from an evolutionary perspective, looking attractive can be a sign that someone is a suitable, fit, disease-free partner. You're always looking for that, right? Yeah. When, when you met your husband, we were like, is he disease-free? Yeah. I, I think mean, we're I good to go. I guess you tell that by... But you would think looking healthy would be enough. Like, you know, or that they have clear eyes and yeah. they're well, those alert are signs of and being... they have a healthy color to them. That's a, apparently a sign of being disease-free. The cuter you are, the better off that is. Yeah, and beyond that, people tend to rate conventionally attractive people as more intelligent, trustworthy, and talented. In the new study, researchers set out to explore the material effects of those supposed biases. To do this, they pulled data from the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health. You know that study. Mm. A long-term study following over 20,000 people from adolescence into adulthood. Some people dropped out over time, so the new study data um, includes uh, 11,583 people. Wow, a lot of people dropped out. These figures include physical health, demographic information, socioeconomic data, and oddly ratings of physical attractiveness. Study participants came in every few years to answer questions. Uh, interviewers didn't receive specific instructions on their criteria uh, that they should use to rate their participants. But since studies have shown that multiple observers tend to agree on ratings of a person's attractiveness, the study uh, ratings probably give an accurate picture of how people view each other. Um, I, th I think that's fascinating, but I think it's, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, I guess so. Although, you know, you hear the the old, well, women sleep their way to the top, thinking that women's, you know, attractiveness in the workplace would get them further. So it's interesting yeah. to see that it's actually men that benefit by being more attractive in the workplace than women. And they're saying a major limitation of the study, which the team acknowledges, is when they first assess people's looks. Someone who is rated as unattractive as a teenager may bloom later on, for instance. Mm. So say they're going uh, through puberty and their voice is cracking, as mine just did. <laughs> Are you still going through puberty? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and uh, here was the second photo that I meant to show because oh, there you go. You know, men can be sexy in the lab as they're analyzing uh, vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I get. He, I bet he's going to get the promotion too. He was just like a model. He's like, what do I put under the microscope? Um, got some uh, tomatoes and some parsley. Let's talk about super pigs. Super pigs. You had me super at super pigs. pigs. You actually, last night you asked me, like, should we do the story? And I'm like, you had me at super pigs. Super pigs. Because the story, it's a little interesting, but it's also kind of sad because they're trying to find mm. ways to get rid of super pigs. But um, the super pigs are in Canada and they're threatening to head over the border toward America, especially in to states Bentley? like Minnesota, not in the Bentley, North Dakota and Montana. These are... <laughs> Wild pigs roaming Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba, they're crossbreeds, so they combine the survival skills of the wild Eurasian boar with the size and the high fertility of domestic swine, and that is why they call them the super pig, and they are spreading out of control. They're called an ecological train wreck. One professor at the University of Saskatchewan calls the feral swine the most invasive animal on the planet and it looks like these pigs were really good at surviving canadian winters they are smart adaptable and furry they eat anything including crops and wildlife and they rip up land when they root for bugs and crops they spread devastating diseases at hog farms they reproduce very quickly a sow can have six piglets in a litter and raise two litters in a year so you know, you see a couple and all of a sudden you see a whole bunch more. Um, they're trying to figure out how to get rid of them before they become a problem in America as they're crossing the border at this point. 
They say no one should be surprised when pigs start walking across that border if they haven't already. The question is, what will be done about it? And Do you so, have your papers? I need to see your papers. <laughs> Sorry, you need to go back into Canada. Mm-mm. They have big ground traps with name like names like Boar Buster. They have net guns fired from helicopters. So uh, there's some crowdsourced, uh, I guess, states in Canada that have squeal on pigs tracking systems, so they know exactly where they are. Squeal this, on pigs. Squeal on pigs. It's kind of getting a little bit ugly. Um, yeah, that. They were in Minnesota, and the USDA Wildlife Services shot and killed a group of them that wandered off a farm and turned feral in the northwestern corner of the state. So now uh, Minnesota's declared eradicated. But they're really considering how big of a problem this is going to be if the these uh, super pigs come in from Canada and how they're going to get rid of them. Wow. That's super pretty crazy. Pig, super super freaky. Sounds like a, like a movie franchise. <laughs> the super pigs. Uh, if that wasn't amazing enough for you, check this out. A mysterious cosmic ray observed in Utah came from beyond our galaxy, according to scientists. Space scientists seeking to understand the enigmatic um, origins of powerful cosmic rays have detected an extremely rare ultra-high energy particle that they believe traveled to Earth beyond the Milky Way. The energy of this subatom subatomic particle, invisible mm. to the naked eye, is equivalent to dropping a brick on your toe from waist height, according to the authors of new research, uh, research published Thursday. It rivals the single most energetic cosmic ray ever observed, the, the oh my God particle that was detected in 1991. I think Wait, it was pronounced- so can we go back to that? Are you saying you if know, you get hit with this ray, it feels like you dropped a brick on your foot? That's the amount of energy. In the okay. sub, but it's a subatomic particle. So it's invisible okay. to the naked eye, right? Got so it. it's really teeny, tiny, tiny. Um, but yeah, it has, it has a punch to it. But it's okay. it, but it rivals the single most energetic cosmic ray ever observed, the oh my god particle detected in 1991. Back then, it would have been pronounced like the oh my god, the oh my god particle. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> uh, cosmic rays are charged particles that travel through space and rain down on Earth constantly. Low energy cosmic rays can emanate from the sun, but extremely high energy ones are exceptional. They are thought to travel to Earth from other galaxies and extra galactic sources. If you hold out your hand, one cosmic ray goes through the palm of your hand every second. But those are really low energy things, right? When you get out um, to these really high energy rays, it's more like one square kilometer per century. It's never going to go through your hand, right? So despite re years of research, uh, research, the exact origins of these high energy particles, it's still not clear. Uh, they're mm -hmm. thought to be related to the most energetic phenomenon in the universe. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. That's interesting. It's a cool picture, too. Yeah. Did you know that adult toys could cause disease? Well, yeah. Chlamydia, gonorrhea. No, adult toys. Not, I mean, because you would think adult toys would be pretty clean, well, if right? if you sanitize them. If you sanitize them. Just saying. Apparently, it's Don't leave them out more than three to four days after. They leave microplastics in your body. I oh. mean... Oh, no. They're taking away all the good stuff now. Oh, the no. amount of dangerous plastic particles in our bodies, apparently, are being added to <laughs> by Funtime Toys. That's right. Microplastic particles from numeral, numerous sources are ingested and absorbed into the bloodstream and can then cause metabolic disorders like diabetes. So the headline of the story is adult toys can cause diabetes. It seems far-fetched, diabetes. It seems far-fetched, but then you start reading into it, right? Apparently, they can also disrupt immune responses, damage the nervous system, as well as reproductive and developmental systems. That is because researchers at Duke University and yeah, the Appalachian State University, the fraternities, sororities, were looking into this, and they say these toys also contain phthalates, which can affect hormone levels. We're not done with the survey. Come back next year. It's toxic plastic. Yes. They can present in concentrations that exceed U.S. consumer warnings. They looked at four types of toys. Are there consumer warnings for sex toys? There aren't, but maybe there should be. The four types of toys are the kind that go in the rear, 
right? <laughs> the beads. Is that a whole category? The, Things that the, go in the rear that will end up in the ER. <laughs> the dual, which apparently, you know, fit everywhere, and the external. In order of most to least micro and nanoplastic release. Fit everywhere? Wait, at the same time or? In more than one place, yes. At, at, at if you're time? somebody that has more than one place for oh, them to okay. fit. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you meant in one spot. Give it the program. Here. I'm trying I'm to trying say to it without along. saying it. I'm trying. I'm, st- I'm taking notes, Kim. I'm Use your notes. imagination. In order of most to least micro and nanoplastic release, results found. It's the rear toys that uh, release the most particles, followed by the beads and the dual, and then the external. So, the scientist on the tr- uh, the job says we assert that scientist. since the measured quote, quote. <laughs> measured presence of phthalates in our small sample size exceeds the exposure limit for yes, the same doctor. chemical. I'm taking measurements. Yes. Yeah, it exceeds the the safety uh, exposure limit. Oh no, the children's ruined. Toys. We need to run that experiment again. <laughs> no, start from the beginning. I think I might be done with the story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Look at your special toys if you have any and make sure that, you know, they're low in plastic or maybe reconsider. I don't know. Ask your doctor if uh, low phthalates are for you. (laughs) This next story is about pets and why pets may not have the power to make humans happier after all. Thank God. And this is according to a new study. Mm -hmm. (laughs) New research, which is a different research than the last story. Indicated that pets are not associated with a person's well-being. Six hundred and seven, uh, sorry, seven hundred and sixty-seven people were questioned on their personality traits and pet characteristics. The analysis included an open-ended question for all survey takers. Many household pets are much loved in their, you know, as members of the family, but a new study suggests that they might actually not hold the key to happiness. Research uh, conducted during COVID nineteen pandemic uh, indicated that pets may have been helpful during the quarantine and social isolation, but now an updated study considered the benefits and costs of owning an animal published in the Sage Journal, you know that one, on November 3rd, suggests that pet ownership is not responsible after all. A total of, uh, we were said a total blah, blah, blah. Uh, the analysis included an open-ended question. If you want to say a few words about how, how having pets has been helpful or not to you during the time of the pandemic, please feel free to do so. Uh, now, the results showed that pet ownership did not predict a person's well-being and the number of pets, types of pets, relationships with pets and owners' personality did not matter. One thing that mm-hmm. did stick out in the results, however, was that dog ownership predicted greater life satisfaction, purpose in life and lower depression. Um, or you can just have it like a dog like cat, like Archie. These findings led to another conclusion that people with a higher well-being or extroverted characteristics are happier and more likely to own dogs. of survey takers said the biggest benefit to owning a pet were the positive emotions they bring, followed by companionship in a close second at 19%. Other benefits of pet ownership include affection, exercise, entertainment, sense of purpose, and cuddling. The cost of owning a pet was uh, brought up, but it should be noted that it was rarely mentioned in the study. The study indicated that 4% of participants who weren't afraid to discuss the issue believe that guilt is the biggest cost in owning a pet. Death, loss, separation came in at 4%, while interference with work cleaning up after pets, and worsened health tied uh, at 2% each. An example of this from the analysis was participants who felt guilty about not being able to spend more time with their pets. I'm I'm guilty of that too when I travel. Uh, Other people were also stressed about cleaning and worry about their pet's health and financial costs. That's actually the one thing that's keeping me from getting a a companion cat for Archie. It's just the potential cost. Like my sister's, I think she spent like thousands and thousands of dollars on our cat for medical issues vet bills yeah it's no yeah. joke so i don't Very really expensive. want to double double the chances yeah. of uh of having to go into debt for uh, animal uh, care well um, I, think I do a, love animals a lot of people you know get a cat or a dog or whatever kind of animal because they're lonely right. and loneliness has only increased because of the pandemic when people were stuck and they were feeling Darn isolated i know really did a number well, on us Apparently, loneliness has been now called out as being a huge problem in America and something that is affecting our mental health, that more of us are lonely than ever before. And that feeling of loneliness and isolation is hugely a problem for people that then spiral into depression. All right. And so enter in what the startup, the startup 
of anti-loneliness clubs. And they're going to charge you big time so that you can be part of their special little group and not feel lonely anymore. I would I would like to think that maybe there's other ways for this, but okay. Yeah, like the after yeah. party live. According to the Surgeon General, half of us are experiencing measurable levels of loneliness at any moment. That could be because you lost a loved one, you moved to a new city, it could be financial issues or health issues, or you could be working remotely and because of that feel like you're isolated as well. Uh, But a California startup called Ground Floor started in the Bay Area. That's the best name for a startup. Ground Floor. They've got a location in the city and they have one in San Rafael and now they're going to branch out to Los Angeles. It's a social club with a focus on friendships. They only market to those people seeking community, apparently. Uh, so it's not like a sexy time club. It's truly for people that just want to make a connection. Yeah, not that kind of community. That they do because they have uh, buildings, like, you know, they have a headquarters in wherever city, whichever city they're located. They have meeting rooms you can rent out. They have a space for work. So if you didn't want to be alone, you could go work there. They have phone booths. I don't know why. They have uh, wellness classes, gym space, meditation circles, and socializing, karaoke nights, member-led special interest group, craft workshops. Um, it's not They're not trying to compete with WeWork or elite social clubs, but like an after-school club for kids, except for it's for adults over 30 is pretty <laughs> much what it is. Is there they, juice and cookies? There's juice and cookies and maybe a cocktail or two. They say it's always been an issue. Once you start to hit 30, we start to lose institutions where we used to build communities like places of worship or colleges, offices, schools. Once you leave your 20s, it feels, they say, like social purgatory. Yeah. So you can pay $2,700 a year for a membership plus $1,000 up front. All right. No. So that's $3,700 for, for friends. There's another one of these clubs called New House, and they celebrate a membership of innovators in their fields. That costs $3,600 a year at minimum. If you're in your 20s, you get a little bit of a discount. Wait, libraries are free, says Gordon. That's right. Nobody in their 20s is going to be paying that kind of money when they can just go out. So Newhouse, I guess, they want to know what you do for a living, but Ground Floor doesn't even ask you what you do for a living. They just want to find Newhouse people... Newhouse wants to figure out how much to charge you. That's right. They're like, they oh, wanna... you're a plastic surgeon. Uh, right it's this It's a way. little more exclusive, $10, you know? Yeah, it's more of a networking thing, whereas uh, apparently Groundhouse, they're just trying to find people who recognize that building a community takes some effort. Trying who to find is some seeking long-lasting relationships as opposed to who's just going to a nice place to work or grab a drink, right? Calvin says, uh, can't I just join a bowling team instead? Mo says you the local could. pub down the street. Uh, Gordon right. says churches don't charge most. Uh, <laughs> but people aren't doing that, interestingly. You know, they're just kind of staying isolated and not you know, the, branching the out. The thing from keeping me from making friends is I'm not being charged for it. I really <laughs> need to be charged for it. So well, I feel that it's have, real. If you have to pay for something, you're more likely to force yourself to use it, right? Like a gym membership? That's right. This is like a gym membership for socialization? For, for friends. That's right. That's hey, exactly what Planet it is. Fitness is only $10 a month. That's cheaper. Check that out. Yeah. Uh, they, the, this article I'm reading says, if you're short on friendship funding, there are other ways to find companionship. As mentioned here on the After Party Live, bowling teams, right? Libraries. Yeah. Uh, but apparently you can do, there's board gaming groups you can join for free, like community board, a multi-genre uh, dance party group they have. So, you know, you don't have to cough up cash to make friends. Besides, we're all friends here on the After Party Live, too. We're connecting. This is a community. Hi, Archie. See? Hello. Say hi, Archie. And technically free. So there you yeah. go. We, yeah. uh, there's plenty of people here, creatures here to socialize with. Um, That's right. But if you are alone, you mm-hmm. might be part of this 40% of Americans that are afraid to walk alone at night. That's the most, uh, the highest number in decades, according to a new poll. Uh, concerns about certain crimes are at their highest levels in decades, causing Americans to isolate themselves. Maybe this is why everyone's lonely. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the spike in fear comes as violent crime has decreased nationwide while property crime has ticked up, according to the FBI. A recent Gallup poll found that 28% of Americans worry frequently or occasionally that they will be murdered. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. How often do you think about being murdered? Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Frequently or occasionally? According to the November 16th <laughs> news release, that's a record. Uh, that's a near record high. The Gallup oh. poll surveyed uh, over just over a thousand adults between October 2nd and 23rd, uh, 23rd and as a margin of error, plus or minus four, uh, four stabbings, uh, four well, percentage points. What did they say? How many people worried about being murdered? Uh, a recent Gallup poll found that 28 percent of Americans worry frequently or occasionally wow. about being murdered. Do you worry about this? No. I probably should I be because I live in worry Texas, about this. I? I mean, perhaps I should be more worried than I am. Now I'm thinking I'm not worried down, enough. I was walking down Market Street around where the IKEA is, mm-hmm. and just across from there is like where the drug dealers are. Uh, so you got Swedish meatballs on one side and, and uh, fentanyl mm-hmm. on the other. And Crack when on the I other. do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I do walk by, I walk by. You know, I put my head down. I kind of like, you know, walk fast. Know. Yeah, but kind of like yeah. put on my little like fake like thug kind of swagger. swagger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I belong here. Don't mess yeah. with me. I, I'm not a rival drug dealer. Don't worry. But when I walk through that area or those kinds of areas, I think like oh, something could happen. Today's the I, day I, I, I did, meet my maker. I did see a shooting happen at Fifth and Market, walking home when? from K- KGO a year, oh, about a year and a half ago. That's right. That was at that street yeah. corner, right? And that was like 4 p.m. That was a catty corner from the mall. And you had just passed it when shots flew. I was just I was walking up up, up to, to that uh, oh, intersection, and and I I normally would walk down Market. I immediately turned left and went towards um towards Mission, and then went further down into Soma. But um, that's I stopped walking through that area after that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also where I saw people just running out of uh, Ross with uh, alarms going off on shoes that they had stolen. Uh, you know, it was, it was that period of time when everyone it was very trendy. It was for fashionable just to walk out of stores with things. Um, and I, so let's get back to this. Uh, meanwhile, half of U.S. adults said that they worry their car will be stolen. That's probably higher here in San Francisco. 37% uh, are worried about being mugged, and 32% are concerned about getting attacked while driving. <laughs> really? Wow. Additionally, the vast majority of Americans, 72%, felt that they uh, will fall victim to identity theft. Uh, that's happened to me a couple times, yeah. at least part, partial identity theft. Uh, this heightened apprehension has also has a um, it's had a detrimental effect on the daily lives of Americans, causing them to curb commonplace activities. Four in ten Americans, uh, the largest number in three, three decades, are afraid to walk within a mile of their homes alone at night, according Yikes. to the poll. The last time concerns about walking alone uh, were that high was uh, 1993, when na- uh, nationwide crime was at an all-time high, according to a 2016 mm. report. Um, One third. Of Americans said concerns about crime prevent them from driving to certain areas, while 28% said that their concerns keep them from attending events, including concerts, fairs, or sporting games. Well, there it's like you don't want to get shot, right? That's too bad, though. Yeah, uh, more you're than afraid, one quarter, you're so afraid to go somewhere that it kind of you know restricts your life, your life. exactly. Yeah. More than one quarter of those polled said that their anxiety about crime has prevented them from speaking to strangers. So oh, yeah, well, pretty intense. But uh, you never there's know. your uplifting story of the day. In case you weren't already lonely, stay at Ooh, home. Crime. What kind of party is this? I don't know. It's the kind that's running behind and uh, overdue for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Oric Peanut. Have you ever driven through the town of Oric? I did, but I don't remember. Okay, well, let's talk about it next. We'll also talk about uh, why eating red meat and dairy could prevent cancer we've been told the opposite for our whole life so we'll take a look at that story and a lot more when the after party live continues the after party live is underwritten by our audience and without you this show wouldn't be possible if you can contribute 10 15 or 20 dollars a month it would keep this party a rockin the paypal link can be found in the about section of the youtube channel or at the bottom of the show description any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up on behalf of kim and myself Thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Aloha to you and a huge thank you to new contributor Annie Kay, who is joining the After Party and ongoing contributors Mark H. I thought it was going to say Mark T. Hmm. Mark H, Julie S, Karen C, Pinky C, and Tamia G. Thank you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank you, Cindy, for $10 and Doug for $10. We are not a big-time operation. We have a very small budget, so every dollar goes very, very far to help support Yes, and thank you, thank you for them. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Oric, California. Now, I've driven through this town multiple times, driving from my house to see my dad in Oregon. Oh, that's why you know it, yeah. And every time I thought, what a sad little town. Oh. It's interesting, but it's wah, got like a wah. rundown hotel. It had, does have a gas station, and that is where the Oric Is it like peanut, a Bates motel? A what motel? Like Bates. Bates motel. Oh, Bates motel. It looks like that. Apparently, it's, yeah. it's being restored at right. this time. Like, it's being renovated. But yeah, yeah they're it does, getting the it, blood out of the carpet. It looks, mm-hmm. looks a little sketchy. Um, this is a six foot tall, or it was six foot tall, nine foot wide, nine ton peanut. And it was carved by chainsaw in 1977 That's for a political tall? reason. Yes. that loggers transported it to Washington, D.C. Okay. They were staging a protest against the expansion of the Redwood National Park, which they said threatened their livelihoods, oh, right? You so expand this is a the long park, time ago leave fewer redwoods to cut down that's right it was a long time Um, ago right they were trying to prevent it yeah 1977 they were trying to present it to jimmy carter peanut right oh i get it Uh Mm uh-huh he was a a former peanut farmer they had a sign attached that said it may be peanuts to you but Uh it's jobs to us but the president's aides when they got all the way to washington dc turned them away so they drove all the way back to oric and that is where the peanut has lived ever since, on the side of the roadway. But it's kind of a local attraction. I didn't even know it was there or what it was, right? I'd never even seen it. I might have stopped by if I knew there was something, you know, of political significance there. Right. But <clears throat> they dumped it on the side of the road. Eventually, it ends up on the side of this uh, gas station parking lot. Right. And <laughs> A place of honor. The town of Oreck fell into decline uh, as the park expanded because fewer people had work. And so now there's like 200 people that live in this right. area. And people are dumping things on their streets. Yeah, The Peanuts had been sitting in this gas station parking lot for decades. And that was fine until earlier this year, someone crashed into the Peanut with their car and that was kind of rotten inside, you know, kind of sitting out. No, it wasn't me. I didn't hit the peanut. (laughs) It's now apparently been reduced to peanut butter is what they say. Obliterated with hundreds, if not thousands of chips of redwood. The peanut is no longer. And when they try to pick it up, it's just crumbles. So there was a group of native Americans that bought this, gas station and what they wanted to do was turn this land because it comes with acres of land Mm -hmm. into a a visitor center kind of place hoping that maybe casino (laughs) no not a (laughs) casino interestingly enough no they wanted to turn it into a visitor center um to Six thousand square foot development, right? It's going to be a traditional Yurok home with a laundromat and a tribal government office inside. It's a welcome center for the area and a revitalization project for Oric, according to the Yurok Economic Development Corporation. They wanted to take the peanut and put it on a pedestal and tell this story. Oops. But now that opportunity is gone. So they're going to recreate the peanut and oh, put okay. the fresh peanut on a pedestal. Maybe they'll take chunks of the old peanut. Ooh, John says, last time I was in Oric, I bought uh, two six-packs of Mendocino Brewery Eye of the Hawk. Oh, that's cool. The um, the the Oric Chamber of Commerce president, it's cool that they have one, says that's the not peanut... A, that's not a busy job. No, it's very <laughs> mellow. The peanut was one of our attractions. I've been here 50-something years, and every year we're going, we can't get any worse. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And we've worked on that line of thinking, and we continue as a family in Oric to try to do everything we can. Well, now the peanut is Smash toast. It. <laughs> With your iron rod. 
It's a goner. Well, maybe the end of Mr. Peanut, but the story lives on. The Yurok tribe again will make a replica out of some downed redwoods and display original photos alongside of it. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Um, from Peanuts, uh, well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> this next story. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, out of England. Uh, this is uh, uh, interesting. The headline is. AI chatbot charging frustrated blokes 25 pounds, that's about $31, a month to teach them how to have uh, better sex in bed. Oh. Yeah. We're getting de- demonetized today. The AI sex bot, or not, we'll get a sponsorship. <laughs> the AI sex coach launched by sex therapy platform Beducated, get it, Beducated, dishes out tips to frustrated men on how to get lucky more often. Uh, users can begin with a free trial, but have to stump up to the $31 a month for unlimited advice from the robotic sex education tool. The chatbot even suggests questions students may like answers to, such as, where is the G-spot? Uh, but God, subscribers... A lot of men need this information. This is great. <laughs> Keep reading. Go ahead. Wait, are you behind this, Kim? But no, I'm not. I should prompt. have been. Subscribers can send a prompt on any topic. Um, sexual topic, that is. The Digital Romp Coach draws on Beducated's range of courses put together by top sex therapists around the world. Members can ask for custom-built step-by-step, step-by-step like an Ikea bed. Let's put this together. On how to perform various acts as well as tips to improve attractiveness and a performance. Um, The AI tool is able to discuss sex-related topics in detail, while other platforms uh, like such as ChatGPT refuse to engage in adult chats. A uh, guide to pleasure-affirming Chatbots tells Frisky members, ask the AI coach anything you want to know and learn about your intimate life. It will try to give you a good answer. But in a word of warning, uh, it goes, but in a word of warning, it goes on. This is experimental and not medical advice. Uh, Also, it's actually a U.S.-based platform. Uh, It adds the tool should not be used as a substitute for seeing a doctor over sex-related medical concerns. Um, The CEO says the latest trend of global restrictions tightening on sex ed are upon us and we are determined to fight back. We are a beacon of hope, offering an expert-based resource for learning about sexual health. So hmm. there you go. I applaud them. M- women should say yes, because, you know, it's not all about one person. So let's learn the ins and that's, outs of everything. That's totally a guy thing. It's like, you know what I'm how could I figure this out? I'll go to my computer. Google that. Google how that. to, yes. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this. Just should have been in the animal segment, but there's a moose being tracked. The moose... Mises, mooses, mooses, moose. I think it's just moose, right? Didn't we 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 determine this out of uh, Maine, our Maine correspondent? It's moose singular or mooses. It's, it's moose. It can be either, can't it? No, I think it's no? just moose. It's moose. Moose. Moose is. I just want to add the as mooses. All right, if you insist. She's stubborn. She's stubborn. Moose. <laughs> only Rome. The only in... correct plural of moose is moose, according to Grammarly. Moose only Rome in northern Minnesota. Yeah. Which makes it interesting and fun for people in the central and south areas of Minnesota to see this moose roaming through mm-hmm. their area. They'd never come this far, but here he is. The young moose is likely looking for home territory or other moose and is expected to continue moving north. They say he's lost and he's trying to get home to his family. And so they have now have this moose which they have named bullwinkle or also rut because he's been rutting around they've they have a tracker a moose tracker and fans have been tracking this young male moose for weeks they're posting updates on a facebook page that has more than eighteen thousand followers as people in minnesota track bullwinkle or rut whatever you want to call him he has no idea how popular he is he has no idea He's just looking for love and food and a good time, apparently. Rut enthusiasts have been monitoring his fan page for weeks in hoping uh, hoping that he won't meet the same fate as the last moose that was in central Minnesota. That one got hit by a semi-truck while trying to cross a highway. So oh, this moose is still alive and still roaming around. And maybe because they're publicizing it, people will be a little bit more careful. You know, if you're a truck driver and you're following the the, the moose tracker, then you know where he is and you'll be, you know, a little more careful, right? I didn't realize they had like a hump. That looks like a animal of different origins, like a mm. park camel. Maybe it's a weird picture of him. I don't know. 
deer with the antler? People say that uh, looking for this moose this month has been a kind of a distraction from stress in life. That it's almost like seeing a unicorn. They're very beautiful animals. A lot of people just don't get a chance to see them. And this moose, they say, has brought so much joy to so many people and so much hope because most people in their lifetime never get to see a moose. And here he is mm -hmm. wandering around. Yeah. John wonders, can chat GPT help Bullwinkle find love? <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't we it? We should form a support group for Bullwinkle and then uh, the bird out of uh, South America. Julieta. Uh, yeah, fl yeah, a flocko. Flocko, yeah, an animal support like group. A, a support yeah. group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't laugh. Well, this next story is quite a surprise to me because I was always told don't eat red meat. That is the cause of yeah. heart, you know, can be a cause of health issues, right? But if you are a semi driver and you hit a moose on the highway, mm, oh, there no, you go. No, no, no. This next story is for you. Why eating red meat and dairy could actually prevent cancer. Um, eating red meat and consuming dairy might aid in cancer prevention, a new study. Uh, reveals researchers found that transvascenic acid TVA, a fatty acid in beef, lamb, uh, and dairy, probably in moose as well, enhances the ability of immune cells to combat tumors. This study also indicates that a higher TVA level in the blood correlate with better responses to immunotherapy, proposing that TVA uh, could be a potential nutritional supplement to augment cancer treatments. There are many studies trying to decipher the link between diet and human health. And it's very difficult to understand the underlying mechanisms because of the wide variety of foods people eat. But if we focus in on just the nutri uh, nutrients and metabolites derived from food, we begin to see how they influence physiology and pathology. Um, da, da, da. By focusing on nutrients that can activate T-cell responses, we found, that, uh, we found one that actually enhances anti-tumor immunity by activating the important um, immune uh, pathway. Um, the research team began by creating a blood nutrient library of approximately 700 known food-derived metabolites. They screened these for the effect on anti-tumor immunity, identifying TVA as the most effective among the top six candidates in both human and mouse cells. After millions of years of evolution, there are only a couple hundred metabolites derived from food that end up circulating in the blood. So that means they could have some um, importance in our biology. So uh, to see that a single nutrient like TVA has a very targeted mechanism on a targeted immune cell type with a very profound physiological response at the whole organism level. They find that amazing and intriguing. I think it's intriguing. It's something we hadn't heard before. So yeah, we've there's never, never been anything, anything like this. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jinx. Exactly. So are you supposed to eat meat? No meat. Oh man. So if you're uh, vegan, you're going to get, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to get treated for this cancer unless you take this nutrient. Right. But the nutrient isn't considered vegan. Right. No, so. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, no. Mm -mm. Oh, no. Uh, let's so talk confusing. about this this portrait. This okay. 17th this century one. portrait was painted. And yeah. at the time, this woman was considered like hot McTrot. Everybody thought Ooh, she, was she was the was most like beautiful. Deal. She was a big to-do. Right. Gorgeous. Did they know her in person or are they just like knew of her? Like she was Well, her name is Diana Cecil and okay. she was a very big deal because she was the great-granddaughter of William Cecil, Lord Burley, one of Elizabeth I's closest friends and advisors. Her oh. family were very powerful nobles at the Jacobian court. And so she I thought you were say she Jacobian probably, Myers. No, she I'm was like, oh, I know them. She was not widely known like personally but everyone right, knew that, who yeah, she was because yeah, yeah. she was her family was a big deal so people right? didn't actually know what she looked like i think she was people knew what she looked like she was regarded oh, really? as one of the great beauties of her time oh all right so she was painted the work painting her uh was gosh done in the 17th century and over time the portrait needed to be restored like they get mm -hmm. yellowed with age and they need to yeah. be you know gussied up a little bit right. but one of the people that did the gussying up decided to take some liberties with how she looked and what they say is they kylie jennered her up they plumped up her lips and they moved her hairline down to make her forehead shorter and give her a little oh. bit more hair so this so, is the gussied up version this is not the gussied up version. This is the, oh. I think this is the fixed version. Mm -hmm. oh, they call the it the Kylie version. Jenner version because she's Wait, this known. Is a Kylie ver this is a Kylie Jenner version? Because there's no I upper think... lip. 
Yeah, I don't know. No, no, there's more forehead here. Yeah. No, okay. so this is this is the Gussie version. She has two lips in this one. She looks very similar, and this but one, still... her upper lip is not like right. it's barely there, and there's no pink. And, and she got, has a, a less of a hairline. She's got yeah. receding hairline. Yeah. Well, I guess Kylie Jenner is known for her cosmetic procedures. For those that follow you, follow the Jenners and the Kardashians, never heard of her. Some have say it's contributed to unrealistic modern beauty ideals. While the new restoration was going on, the woman that was restoring it realized that the last person took some liberties with this, uh, I don't want to say photograph, portrait. And so she peeled them back away, gave her Mm. back her original looks, which include the thin upper lip, Right. And the the fire farther back hairline. Thinning hair, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what they're saying is that with modern society's access to digital beauty filters and AI technology, that we might think that we're the people that want to perfect our appearance. But right. conservation work on Diana Cecil's portrait shows that it's not a new phenomenon, right? That we're always trying to look better, apparently, and changing beauty standards seem to echo through the ages. Diana had no say in the improvements that the person made to her portrait. But in removing the varnish, and another remarkable discovery was also made to this, it in the hidden in the paintings curtains, the date of the portrait was uncovered, 1634, as well as the original artist's signature, Cornelius Johnson. So when they peeled all those, this stuff away, they figured out that the last person, you know, was, uh, ooh, Calvin, restoring isn't supposed to change. She was wrong to do it. I don't know who whether the, the first restorer was a male or female, but right, like it's it's supposed to keep the portrait alive and fresh. It's not supposed to change the artist's intent is what I think, but that's not always what happens. And I'll bet that as more and more, you know, portraits or pictures are restored, we'll find more things like this. And there was no demon revealed in this one. There's no demon this time. No. Mm -mm. Nope. Um, yeah, Diana Cecil, she was married to powerful men. First, Henry de Vere, 18th Earl of Oxford, who died a year later. That's bad luck. And then Lord Thomas Bruce, 1st Earl of Elgin. She was fancy and well-connected in her life. She does benefit from bangs, but I feel like she could have just like <laughs> moved some of that hair. Cause she's got a lot of hair, right? Could have styled Maybe that it was the style at the, of the time. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Just saying, you know, um, someone who's always stylish. You have this next story about America's favorite. Dolly. Oh, Dolly. Do- I'm telling you, we talked How a little bit she? about this Jesus, on Mark waist. Thompson's show. Yeah, she's 77 years old. What? Uh-huh. And there she is doing the halftime show at the Dallas Cowboys game, wearing a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform during the Thanksgiving Day halftime. And she looks amazing now she had some type of like netting over her abdomen with a rhinestone over her belly button but i don't care i mean you know if she's wearing pantyhose and she's got a little fabric holding her in whatever she looks incredible yeah i think at that point she's entitled to whatever she wants to at 77 years old to be able to pull off that outfit go dolly go like yeah uh, there's no problem, uh, no no shame in using Spanx at that point. Absolutely. She kicked off the halftime show singing Jolene and then went to nine to five. And then she went to uh, cover the Queen's We Are the Champions. So apparently it was quite a performance. And it was all to benefit the Salvation Army. Her quote is, those red kettles have long been a symbol of hope for our friends and neighbors who are facing hard times. My goal, she said, is to encourage everyone who can donate and support their neighbors in need. Every small act of generosity helps, and together we can all love our neighbors this holiday season and beyond. Dolly's got a great heart. I love her. Yeah, she's great. Um, Universally loved um, she didn't want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she said she wasn't rock enough. And then she mm-hmm. like decided to come out with the rock 
album. I guess yeah. to, to justify. Now it. she's rock enough. Yeah, and she's like she, turned down doing the Super Bowl because she just didn't think she was like a good enough act by herself. Like that's insane. You just look at that woman is pushing eighty years old. Now I don't want to make yeah. her eighty before she's eighty. She's seventy seven. Right. Yeah, but no rounding. Look at her. She looks amazing. She does. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I want to skip ahead uh, so we can end with these funny stories. We have a we have a, a burrito story, and then you've got a Taco Bell story here. The the okay, burrito one here. First, uh, <laughs> a one dollar. <laughs> Burrito promotion at Northwestern University backfires explosively after a norovirus oh. outbreak. That's right. When a no, local no, Evanston no. eatery advertised $1 burritos for students, <laughs> deal-seeking <laughs> undergrads rushed to fill their bellies only to soon empty them again. The $1 burrito promotion offered by a local <laughs> no-frills Mexican restaurant uh, called Big Wig tacos and burritos that's how you know it's a le- like a legitimate taco sometimes yeah. you get what you pay for yeah uh reportedly triggered a minor outbreak of norovirus among the students uh the student body there at northwestern according to officials with the health and human services department shortly after consuming food from the restaurant on the day of the promotion students began complaining of norovirus symptoms such as vomiting diarrhea and stomach cramps um and th- this wasn't taco bell right so it you know they were confused. Uh, with Big Wig Tacos and Burritos Cooperation, investigators are working to pinpoint the specific origin of the con- contamination. The highly infectious norovirus spreads quickly in settings like college campuses, restaurants, mm. and cruise ships if proper hand hygiene protocols are not uh, thoroughly followed. Authorities say the restaurant will undertake a deep cleaning during a planned temporary closure. Yeah, I think at that point you have to close down, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, There, anybody who ate there is asking, <laughs> being asked to fill out a questionnaire. Uh, to aid in con- containment efforts, uh, big wig tacos and burritos did not respond to a request from con- for a request for comment from one party to another. Also regarding Mexican right. food, kind of if you call uh, Taco Bell Mexican food in the Los Angeles area, Taco Bell employees were invited to a holiday party at the Taco Bell. They worked there. They thought, well, let's close down and celebrate. Okay, right? these are employees. These are employees of the Taco Bell. If your company takes you to Taco Bell for a holiday party. No, this is in the Taco Bell where employees were were working there. A franchise owner apparently invited one of these employees on December 18th of 2022 to a party at the San Pedro Taco Bell. The woman worked there, right? She's encouraged to bring food for a potluck-style buffet, and her contribution was a bowl of guacamole. All right, homemade fresh guacamole. Guac is extra. She arrives and she finds that the owner of the restaurant or the super her supervisor covered the windows of the restaurant with wrapping paper and then also covered the cameras in the lobby that you know show the inside of the restaurant. Uh oh, it's gone. Then the supervisor provided alcohol to the staff. Some of them were overserved. So no cameras, no one can see in, and people are rip-roaring drunk. About midnight, she steps out for a short time, walks back into the restaurant, and sees one co-worker having some adult relations with his wife in front of everyone at the party. The co-worker's wife is also kissing a female manager and another female co-worker at the same time. So now we have the beginnings of a party if you know what yeah. i'm saying this worker was shocked alcohol and she all. was disgusted and she was outraged and so she ran out of the restaurant but she realizes damn it i left my guacamole bowl inside so she goes back only <laughs> to find her manager and the other co-worker that were involved in the uh encounter are vomiting at this point one threw up in the trash the other puked right in her guacamole bowl oh you can keep the bowl at that point i think (laughs) oh no she reports the incident to taco bell human resources the manager and the other co-workers involved in the uh so-called encounter were fired after their termination she was threatened had her car window shattered by someone associated with her former co-workers jesus She says Taco Bell and the franchise did nothing about these threats and told her they were transferring her to a new location rather than disciplining the employees who threatened her. It's like a Taco Bell witness uh, relocation. Yeah, it's Taco Bell's intimidation project. Uh, Eventually, she quits. She then sues, saying she suffered actual consequential and incidental financial losses, that Taco Bell violated anti-discrimination laws. And so, yeah. 
now uh, she's suing Taco Bell and saying this whole drunken party with the puke in my uh, guacamole bowl has got to go. Can you imagine working at the Taco Bell HR department and you think you've seen everything? You're like, oh, and then no, this one comes no, across no, your desk. One. It's time to run for the border. <laughs> no, there was no. a puking orgy. Oh, yes. Oh, man. So that's so how we end our uh, holiday That's what week. we have. Happy Thanksgiving to you. <laughs> Happy Black Friday. Happy holiday weekend. Just remember, it could always be worse. <laughs> but not that much time. worse. Yeah. And John with a $5 super sticker. Oh, John, John, thank you so much for that. So grateful. Thank uh, you, we God, had Doug for, $10. for $10. Absolutely. Cindy for $10. Cindy for $10. And again, thank you to Annie K, Mark H, Julie S, Karen C, Pinky C, and to Mia G. You guys are what keep us coming back and keep us uh, being able to do the show. We will see you on Monday. Have a great holiday weekend with your family and your pets and yourself. Yes, thank you for the support. Couldn't do it without you. Appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. Bye, everybody. Bye, Eat John your Daly. leftovers. Bye-bye. Bye.